Blog Talk Radio. Today is Saturday, August 19th, 2017, and this is the Bunny Slippers of Evil Job Seekers Call-In Show, presented by Evil Bunny Consulting. I'm your host, Tyrone Griffin, and if it's 3 p.m. and you have on your bunny slippers, you are not looking for a job. Welcome first-time and returning listeners. In this show, we, st- we discuss strategies and tactics for job search, staying motivated, and dealing with career transition. For more tips, resources, daily motivations, and to listen to archive shows, go to the website, bunnyslippersarevo.com. Excuse me. Then we'll also find links to our Facebook page, our Twitter handle, and our YouTube channel. If you are listening live and you've got a job search question, please feel free to hit it right here on Facebook, depending on how you have your screen oriented. Or, well, just hit me on Facebook. Don't even worry about calling in. If you're listening live, call in. Just, just hit me on Facebook. That's the best way. Um, so... Thank you, everybody, for tuning in again. Um, this week's topic, um, and it's the true from somebody I know who's going through this, it's called, we call the delayed job search. Now, here's a scenario. You're getting laid off. You find out that your job is ending, that, you know, that you're going to have to look for another opportunity. But part of your separation agreement says it doesn't start today. Your separation starts in two months. Your last day is, say, November 1st, say, we're, right now we're in August, say September, uh, or November 1st is your last day. And if you leave before that day, you don't get any severance. If you leave after November or on November 1st, you get maybe six months of severance. Good morning, uh, Brother uh, Kevin. Uh, I know why. I appreciate, you th- I appreciate you tuning in. So anyway, you're in a situation where you're getting laid off, but you're getting laid off in a couple of months. And you can't leave before that or you leave a lot of money on the table. Six months severance is a lot of money, believe So what do you do? Well, I know some people, first thing they would do is say, okay, well, I can't leave till November 1st, so I'm going to kick back and chill till November 1st. Wrong move. Um, even though you can't take a job, before November 1st without impacting your severance. You can start your job search today. So let's talk about how we do that. Say it's August now. If your job is ending November 1st, you've probably got it. You got approximately two months. So what you need to do, put together a schedule of what you need to do between now and, and November 1st because your goal is on November 1st, Ideally, this is the perfect scenario. On November 1st, you want to have, you want to start a job. Maybe you want to take two weeks off, fine. But on, by November 1st, you want to have an offer in hand that's accepted. Why? Because now you, you take a job, you got six months of severance. So you're getting paid for this job and you're getting paid for your old job. Okay? That's what we call double dipping. Okay? For the next six months, you're going to be sitting pretty because you got your new job and you're still getting checks from your old job. So your goal is as close to November 1st to have a job. So what do you got to do? Well, you got two months, so you got time. Here's how you handle it. The first month, you got your first month and your second month and then everything after that. The first month, this month from between, say, now and um, October 1st, all of September, get your resume together. Well, first of all, read your separation agreement. If you get outplacement, uh, great, uh, but make sure you read that separation agreement and read the details of it so that you know exactly what will happen 
if you leave early and how much you have going forward. Maybe you might decide six months or seven months is worth it. Um, if you can find another opportunity in your organization and just switch over and not have to worry about getting laid off, that might be the best situation for you. Uh, even if it's maybe not paying as much or whatever, uh, you say, well, I'll give that six months of severance. Trust me when I say six months of severance in job search, six months is uh, like that. So what do you do? That first month, you start getting your resume together. How do you do that? If you already have a resume that you did that you had for this last job, perfect. Um, you should have a resume someplace because you got a job. You want to update your resume. You want to put the thing for this job on that resume. Now, here's a question. How far back in your resume should you go? I've heard guidelines of about 10 years. If you've been working less than 10 years, well, it's a no-brainer. But what if you've been like most of us with this stuff here? You've been working longer than 10 years. How far back do you go? Uh, I Honestly, I actually go back to my first job, but I put in – I put a, a lot of jobs together, so it's like I don't have the detail of every job going back, you know, all those years, but I just say I work for this company for this time in various positions and, you know, and leave it at that. But everything, I try to stick to a 10-year rule. Everything for 10 years back, I give more detail. Everything before 10 years, I kind of blend it together and say, okay, I work for this company, I work for this company, this company, so on. So first thing you want to do, again, is get your resume together, Okay. Um, I don't. I would say personally, I would not pay for a resume service, particularly if you have outplacement coming up. Wouldn't pay for the resume service because um, there's a lot of um, templates on the web. You can just see all kinds of examples of resumes. The one thing about it, there is no right or wrong way to write a resume. Hear me close. Even when you see those experts on the news shows in the morning talking about here's how you write a resume, there is no right or wrong way to write a resume. It's your resume. It's your job search. If you gave your resume to 10 people to review it, you know what you'll have at the end of the day? 11 resumes. That's the reality. So your resume, you have to feel comfortable with your resume. That is all that's important, that you feel comfortable with your, with your resume, what's in it, and how it's presented. Okay, that's it. So you get that resume together. You, you spend a couple of weeks. you got time. Um, I'm not saying do it on company time. I'm not saying not. But you got time. Get your resume together. Put in your latest job. Put in the things. You, if you have to drop something off, drop something off. But put in your latest job so it's totally up to date. Now, once you got your resume up to date, now, again, this is, you're still two months away from being laid off. Once you got your resume up to date, make sure if you're going to use the job search sites, and I recommend you should, like Indeed, Simply Hired, Monster, uh, Career Builder, Dice, all those sites depending on which one you want or which ones you want to use because they're all free. Post your resume to those sites. Um, yeah, you run the risk of getting hits, of getting people interested in you before you can leave. That's not a bad thing, okay, because chances are if you, hit, if you get that much interest now, you're going to have it in another month or another two months. So that's great. And if somebody really wants you to say, hey, um, this is where you get, you know, if you say, I would love this opportunity, but I can't leave my current position until this date or I break the severance agreement. I'm leaving a substantial amount of money on the table. Now, if they want you bad enough, maybe they'll say, well, how about if we give you a signing bonus? You know, and nothing wrong with that. They might, you know, best case scenario, they say, well, how much were you going to get? And you say, well, here was my severance agreement with six months' salary. And they say, well, 
we'll give you $40,000 or 50 or whatever. You know, we'll, we'll give you a big chunk of money to leave now. They want you bad, you know, and you, that's the decision you have to make on if you want to, um, oh, shoot. Okay, can't, okay. Sorry about that. I almost hit the, hit the live feed, turn it off by mistake, but I'm back. So I get for playing with buttons when I'm talking. So anyway, you want to update it to all of the uh, job search sites. Uh, you want to update your LinkedIn profile. Make sure it's up to date and it has information about this last job, okay? Don't worry. Uh, I would say don't worry too much about people seeing it prematurely because you're not saying I'm looking for a job. You're just updating your LinkedIn profile. And one thing about LinkedIn, you look out there, your, your boss has probably got a, a, a profile on LinkedIn. Okay, that doesn't mean he or she is looking. That just means they got a profile on LinkedIn because people understand the power of LinkedIn. So that's the first thing you want to do is get your resume updated and put it out on the social, on the job search websites. You're not starting to pass it around, but you want to make sure it's out on those websites. Now, you've got to prepare yourself for what possibly could be a long job search. Okay, so now get your business cards. Uh, everybody uses Vistaprint. I'm not endorsing or condoning this. That's what everybody uses. Get your business cards done. Your business cards have it match what's in your resume. Okay. So you again, you got this is in the first month. You want to get you want to get yourself set up. So you got your resume. You got your business cards. Now here's the, next, the important thing. You want to start building your network. Okay. You want to start reaching out to people who particularly in your company you work for now, you know, um, reach out to those people. They may have opportunities. Again, you might be able to flip from one job right to another job real quick, but you want to reach out to those people um, real quickly and try to see what there is there. But also reach out to people from past positions you've had. You know, who knows what company they're working at now, and they may be able to help you identify an opportunity, okay? So what you're doing is you're starting to build your network. Yeah, you're a month and a half out from being unemployed, from being on severance, but why wait? Start building your network, okay? Uh, through LinkedIn, whatever source you have, start building your network. Now, if you happen to be in a place like the ATL where we are, uh, we have a really strong job networking community. I mean, we have, and I'm not exaggerating, eight to ten meetings a day in Atlanta just for job seekers. If you're lucky, if wherever you are, if you have that kind of setup, tap into that network. How would you find it? Just Google job networking meetings in your town and see what comes up. But get plugged into that network. Um, once you find some meetings, start going. I'm not saying quit your job. Go in the evenings. You know, you gotta, and, and your schedule will have to dictate this. If you have a situation where you have um, young children or you have other priorities or, or obligations in the evening, you'll have to figure out how to, how to make that work. But get yourself plugged into the job networking community wherever you live, okay? Yeah, I know you're still a month, month and a half out from being on severance, but the goal is to, again, if your date is, say, November 1st, and right now we're in, in August, if your, goal, if your date is November 1st, as soon as after November 1st as possible, you want to start a job. Not just for the double dipping aspect, although that's a good thing, but also because you need to find a job. Period. 
Okay. Now, this schedule also, there are some people who will say, you know what, I'm going to take a month off. I'm just going to chill for a month, um, you know, before I do my job search. I will say this. I would not condone that. I would not recommend that. I know people who have done that and has worked out well for them. They've been able to come back and find an opportunity. But I also know people who have done that and can't find a job. And you come back from, from, from you know, sitting out for a month, and you can't find a job for another six, eight months, that month you sat out really hurts, okay? So um, I wouldn't suggest that. So anyway, so we're still in, in the first month, and you've gotten your resume together. You've gotten your business cards together. You read your separation agreement. You started going to networking meetings, job networking meetings. You're starting to develop your job network, your job search network, okay? Um, start looking at LinkedIn. Start looking at the groups, make sure you're in the right groups for what you want to do. Those groups will help you find people who have a very similar background that you have. But more importantly, those are people who also know where opportunities are, okay? Trust me, get into the groups for your, your specialty, okay? So that's the first month. You're still a month out. So that second month, now you still have a month before you, your, 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 your separation. In that month, Hopefully, you will have you will find you will get interviews. You, I mean, you're you're going full hardcore in your job search now. Hopefully, in that second month, you still have that month before your um, separation. You can start interviewing. Now, why would you want to start interviewing now? Because chances are, any job that wants you in the month of we're talking now in the month of October, you're available November first. Chances are any company that wants you will be willing to wait till November 1st for you because it's not that far. You know, a lot of times when with, with, with interviewing, it's not like you interview on Friday or, or you interview on Monday, you get an offer Tuesday, you got to start Wednesday. There's usually a couple of weeks padding in there before you can start. And if you get an interview early in the month, you just make it clear during that interview that, you know what, I'm not available until November 1st. Okay, let them know that up front. They ask why to say, well, I'm, I'm currently working. My position ends. I'm, I'm not interested in, in leaving it early. I'm interested in staying till the end. Uh, I don't want to leave the money on the table, whatever. But uh, chances are you will not find an opportunity that wants you really bad where they say we can't wait till November 1st. Okay. So that second month, you're going full court. You're, 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 you're trying to do your interviewing. Uh, those job networking meetings, you're going to everyone you can get your hands on. Uh, you're learning. And here's the thing about job networking meetings. It's not just a bunch of unemployed people getting around, sitting around, and singing kumbaya and crying on each other. A lot of times in job networking meetings, especially here in the ATL, a lot of these job networking meetings, you learn stuff. You might learn how to use Google to do a job search. And, yes, you can use Google. You might learn how to um, look for jobs in LinkedIn. You might learn all kinds of different specific things to job search you will learn because the presenters come there and they present these things for job search, okay? So that's why you're going to these meetings. Again, it's not just to sit around and cry. Now, we've talked about it in the past. You have your business cards. You take it to these meetings. Don't do the poker thing, trust me, where you just hand your, hand your cards out like this to everybody. You know, you got 250 cards. I got to get rid of them. Um, I'll tell you from experience. There are people who would put their business cards on my place setting or at my place at the table, and I never met the person. They would just walk around all the tables and put everybody. 
And I would look at the card, oh, that's nice. And I'd stick it in my stack of business cards, which I still have. And I would never, never call it because I don't know anything about this person. Understand this with networking. Networking is not about just giving somebody a business card. Networking is making an impression on somebody. Networking is about talking to someone, either via email, uh, online, or face-to-face. So, you know, you don't just run around smacking your card in everybody's hand because you're wasting your time. Because I'm telling you now, 90% of those people are going to toss that card as soon as they leave the room because they don't know who you are. And they say, well, I have no reason to hold on to this card. I don't know who this person is, okay? So when you go to these networking meetings, have a purpose in mind, okay? Yeah, you might get burnt out, but then that's when your purpose comes in. A lot of these networking meetings will tell you who's on the agenda, who's coming, who's talking, what their topic is. If it's something you think you want to hear about, then go to the meeting, okay? If it's somebody you want to catch up with who's going to be there, then go to the meeting. But don't just randomly go to meetings just to waste your time, you know, just to say you went to a meeting. Okay, trust me, that's, that's a waste of your time. And unfortunately, a lot of people do it. The thing is in job search, let me get off on a tangent for a minute here. If you've never been in job search before, the problem you have in transition is you are scared to death. And the longer it lasts, the scared, more scared you get. That's just reality. You get scared in transition because you don't have a job. And you're trying to feed your family or kids or whatever, and you don't have a job. And the longer it goes, the scarier it gets for you. So you start just, it's like a cornered animal. You just start lashing out, reaching out, trying to do anything you can. Okay? That's the reality of job search. So there are people that go, I remember when I was in transition, and I probably did it a couple of times too. There were meetings I went to, and I saw the same people at every meeting I went to. Um, And that was when it dawned on me, okay, why are we all going to all these meetings? And it's fear. You're going to these meetings because you're afraid of missing something. You're afraid that there will be someone at this meeting with a job, and you just will miss them, okay? So you're, you're afraid. So you're just lashing out and reaching out and trying to grab any and everything you can, okay? Uh, that's a trap. It's a very easy trap to get caught in. Um, try your best not to. You probably will at some point get caught in that trap of just going to meetings, going to meetings. You're you're in that mode of I'm just going to meetings, going to meetings, going to meetings, okay? So um, so go to your networking meetings. Um, go full board, but go with a purpose. Go with a meeting that's going to help you in your transition. It's going to help you spiritually. There's one meeting we have here, uh, the Life Lessons meeting, and I give them a whole lot of praise. They're in Atlanta in a company named Hotel Equities, and they're not paying me for this endorsement, but they're one of the companies here that runs this meeting every Wednesday, and they feed the people. They, give, they donate their conference room, and they feed everyone. Um, beautiful set. Because you'll find in transition there's not a lot of places that will help people in transition. There are a lot that will, but there's a lot of companies that won't. This is one of the companies that will, and they help me through many, many hard times. So um, Hotel Equities, I give them all the praise, all the credit, thank you from myself and so many other job seekers in Atlanta. Um, but anyway, off the commercial. Um, but it, but go to these meetings with a purpose. Understand who's going to be there. They'll, they'll, you can see the agenda beforehand, who's going to be at a meeting. Go there. Go to the meetings that will help you in your transition or to meet somebody specifically. Don't just go. Don't just go to waste the space to take up a seat because there's somebody else out there who could use that seat probably better than you, more than you can. So 
So now we've talked about that. Now in that second month, you're coming up on your transition date, okay? And you're trying to interview. You know, again, best case scenarios, you're trying to interview, you're trying to interview, and you land an, you get an offer. And they say, yes, you know, uh, we want you, you can start on November 3rd or 4th. Bam, that's it. But what happens if you don't get that? Okay, so you move, keep going through the month of October and November 1st comes. Boom. Your separation. You're out of work. You haven't landed a new opportunity. What do you do? Well, remember I told you to go back and read your separation agreement. If you have outplacement, if that's part of your separation agreement, take it. I'll tell you from experience, I had outplacement service. I went, and a lot of people didn't go. And I became good friends with the people in, in the outplacement firm, and, you know, uh, we talked about what happens. The way it works, at least it did then, was that the company, your company paid for the outplacement uh, assistance, but only if you showed up. Okay, so there might be 50 people laid off. The company will pay for each of those 50 people, but they wouldn't be billed. The, the company would be willing to pay for them, but it would only be billed if those people actually showed up. Outplacement service is has varying levels of, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? They have varying levels of value for different job seekers depending on who you are. For some people, it, it makes more. For some people, it helps less. Um, but one of the things about transition, and if, you're, if your outplacement program includes this, where you, can get out, where you can go there every day, as crazy as it sounds, go there every day. I, was out, I had outplacement for six months. And for that six months, I went to their office every day. I took my laptop, plugged into their network, and did my job search in their office. I had a little booth, and I sat there in that booth and did my job search every day. It got me out of the house. Transition is very much more mental than physical. You want to get out of the house. You don't want to have this whole thing closing in on you. Like I said in, in the title, bunny slippers are evil, because if it's 3 o'clock and you got your bunny slippers, you're not looking for a job. And, yeah, you think you can sit around at house and do it. And some people can. I'm not going to say nobody can. Some people can do that, can sit around the house all day and do their job search. A lot of people can't sit around the house all day and do their job search because there's so many other distractions like the TV, like the dog, maybe the kids, uh, whatever, the food in the refrigerator. All kinds of things are distractions. So um, get, if you have outplacement service, take them up on it. Go spend time in their, in their office. If they have, I was lucky, the place I had uh, had uh, classes you could take online. I took and we counted. I took 42 classes in 39 days. I took every class they had because I figured, you know what, if they're giving this away to me, I can learn something, let me go learn something, okay? Let me network with other people in that class. You know, that's how, that's how you do it. You don't try to isolate yourself and do it on your own. You do it with other people because there's other people going through the same things you're going through. So if you have outplacement service, go. They will help you with your resume. Maybe you already wrote it months ago. They will help you pretty it up. They're, they're professionals at it. They'll give you a, quote, professional opinion. But go to your outplacement service. Go to it. Take it. Take, it's paid for. Use the heck out of it. Use all of your outplacement service. 
I had six months of outplacement service. They, I was so dedicated coming every day, they gave me an extra month free because I hadn't landed a job yet. And then I got my old company to pay for another month because I was coming, I was using it every day, and they saw that I was using it, and they were like, okay, this dude's using it. We'll, we'll pay for him for another month. So I ended up with eight months of outplacement service when I was supposed to have six. Um, thank God for that. I'm not bragging about it, you know, but be diligent. Okay, so now you're at that situation where, okay, your, your severance is ended or your severance period is kicked in and you don't have a job yet. Like I said, number one, go to outplacement. Number two, now bust out every meeting you can. You're in full 150 miles an hour job search right now. You're working your network. You're working your, your, your contacts. Here's the thing about job search, landing jobs. A lot of jobs are landed not because somebody blindly applied for a job and got an opportunity. A lot of jobs are landed because somebody knew somebody and said something to somebody and somebody and so on and so on, and bam, networking. Networking is the most important thing about jobs. It's not your resume. It's your network, okay? You could have the greatest resume in the world. If you don't have a good network, it's going to be very hard for you to land a job. By the same token, if you've got a kicking network when your resume is kind of iffy, you can talk to people. My, my friend Howard Caddy, he said it many times. People don't hire resumes, they hire people. Your resume can suck eggs. But if you get in front, if you can find your way to network and get in front of a hiring manager and have a conversation with that manager and get that manager to like you and what you can bring to his organization or her organization, they will ask for your resume as kind of a, yeah, I need this for HR. Perfect place to be when people are looking at your resume just to, to, to check off a box and say, okay, this person said they worked here. Yeah, I see those companies listed. Okay. They said they had this degree. Okay, I see it listed. Okay. Boom. We're good. Okay. But after that seven, after that, uh, that date, you are seriously, seriously working your network. You're working. How to, and how you work your network depends on your network. I can't tell you how to work your network, but you want to talk to people. You want to talk to people. That's the most important thing about your network is to talk to people. That's what networking is. It's not um, passing out business cards. That is not networking. Okay, plain and simple, it is not networking. Networking is working your network, period. So to recap, uh, the delayed job search, when you can't start your job search today, you can't, you know, you can't start it today. When you can't take a position until a certain date, then what do you do? That first month, you get your resume together. You get your network started. You, um, what did we say? You get your network started. You start looking at the networking agreements. You read your separation agreement to make sure that there's nothing stupid that you'll do that will cause them to not give you your severance. You try to find opportunities within your company if you want to stay there in another department, another capacity, okay? That's what you do in that first month. Uh, again, okay, so you get, you get your business cards. Um, in the month two, you really start doing you, that month before your, your severance, you seriously go hardcore. You seriously go hardcore in your transition. That's when you seriously, you're, 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 you're going full speed ahead in your transition. You are seriously going full speed ahead, okay? Um, that's when you start doing it, okay? That's the second month. And when your, sever when your actual severance date comes, 
that's when you look at if you have outplacement service, okay? You look at going to outplacement service. You look at what it can do for you, okay? But go, trust me. Even if you don't like it, you're still mad. Here's the thing, too. Remember I said job search transition is more mental? If you're mad at your company for laying you off, bummer. But it doesn't matter if you're mad. It does not matter. They don't care that you're mad. You're mad. Your anger is not going to get you a next job. Your anger is going to have you end up sitting living under a bridge, okay? That's what your, 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 your anger will do, okay? So don't let your anger cause you to walk around pissed. People do that a lot in life, trust me. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has been helpful to people out there who, who might find themselves in this situation. Okay. Ultimately, it's up to you, depending on how much you're going to leave on the table if you take a job earlier. Okay. That I can't tell you. That's something that you have to decide. Okay. Oh gosh, every every week I do shows, and I'm like, I'm still just amazed that I can talk for a half hour. Um, but anyway, if you have any job search questions between now and the next two weeks when I do the next show. Please feel free to hit me up on Facebook, you know, Tyrone Griffin. You can hit me, um, just ask me your questions. Just send them to me. Um, there's a page for Bunny Slip and Evil Job Seeker Show. You can put your questions out there as well. But if you have any questions, feel free to ask me, okay? Um, with that, everybody, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your patience. I appreciate your support. Um, I hope, hope that I help somebody. So all I hope is that somebody out there found what I'm saying is useful. So with that, everybody, we're going to call this an end. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, and we will talk again soon. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.